episode of Out of the Church Attic is sponsored by Dad Gang Apparel Company, designed by dads. Visit dadgang.co and use the code RANDY30240 for 15% off your entire order. That's RANDY30240 for 15% off your entire order. Welcome to Out of the Church Attic, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice in the heart of Appalachia. My name is Colton. I'm a local church member in North Carolina. And I'm Randy, an itinerant minister here in North Carolina. And we're coming to you from our church's attic to discuss the issues that drive and thrive in the churches in Appalachia. So at this point, you know, we're three, we're three episodes, three episodes in. in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do say a podcast doesn't make it through its first two or three episodes. Does so it really? We are there. That's what I've heard. Okay. Recently. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I've, I've made like several, okay, I've made two podcasts that I've made it past <laughs> three episodes. So I am on the train. We're here. We're here. And we haven't got stoned. Yes. Um, our, our family still talk to us. Of course, us. we are recording this before we actually put out the podcast. That's fair. Yeah. So. Yeah. Full, full disclosure, we might be dead by the time you listen. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I mean, at least we'll, we, we will be past that threshold. Yeah, we will be far. past the three episodes. <laughs> we will have made it further than most podcasts. Uh, so let's talk about it. Let's do it. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about church culture. But before we do that, we really need to define culture. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what what even, what even is culture? That is, word is thrown around so much these days. Yeah, exactly. And so thinking about church culture, which is what we're going to be talking about today, the best definition of culture that I found in the dictionary, oh, well, why am I lying? The internet. The internet <laughs> was my dictionary. No, it was an internet dictionary. <laughs> but the best definition of culture that I found was the customs, the art, the language, and the institutions of a particular group, right? That's vague enough to where we can we can apply that to, to yeah. anything and everything. So uh, if you look at if you look at New York, if you look at um, the Valley, if you look at Texas, if you look at all these different places, um, all of these different areas, they have certain customs. They have a type of art that they're interested in. They have a language um, or a common dialect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have institutions. And all of those things kind of come together to make up what their culture is. Yeah. So when you look at Appalachia, let's riff on this for a second. Like, um, what would you say, like some of the customs, some of the art, the language or the institutions are of, of just Appalachia blanket statements? What do you Mm. think? Oh gosh. You put me on the spot. It is a little bit. It is a little bit on the spot. Like, like I think, uh, I don't, does this count like maybe like a good home cooked meal? Is that like, oh yeah. Like that is like such a staple. And we talked about this before of Appalachia Mm -hmm. is everybody thinks their mama's cooking is the best. You have to come try their cooking. And it's, Sort of going away from that, but it's still here in the mountains. It's still there a yeah. lot of the come over, have dinner mm-hmm. you know, with us. Like, yes, that's how we will show you our care and our love for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want. Yeah. I, I think I said that at some point, either on the podcast or in a sermon or something yeah. like that. Look, but to invite someone to your table is to wish them good, like yeah. good, like to be well, because we we've engaged in the activity of cooking good food for you. We want to feed you and and make you well and send you off yeah. better than the, the better than we found you. I think so. Um, what about you like stained glass windows? Stained glass windows, <laughs> yeah. like classic Appalachian. I, f- I feel like that's, I mean, I, like I think it gets the, it's noted for like the, uh, a lot of churches, like, you know, the big monasteries, stuff like that. Yeah. But it is kind of around here in Appalachia a lot. Like you see that. Oh yeah. And it's beca- because it is a staple of like the olden traditional churches that were here in Appalachia. Right. So yeah, I, I think that's definitely something too. I would also say, uh, cause historically, you know, stained glass windows are, 
like they were an expensive piece. Yeah. Um, it wasn't it wasn't just something that you can go out and you can buy somewhere. Um, and it, it wasn't seen as tacky or anything like that. It was something that people spent good money on. Yeah. And so it it was a big deal to go into a church and see like wow like they have a they have a certain care. Um, or attention to the aesthetics of their sanctuary the, yep. where they have these stained glass windows in there. Yeah, I mean, another thing too, like if language is a part of the culture, yep. Appalachia definitely has its own language. I mean, the y'alls, the yuns, mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, over, over theirs and like- Yonders like, and- Yeah, yonders, mm-hmm. like adding an S to every word. <laughs> like, um, like there's always that short, the shortening of like, there's some weird, like it's, it's not, an actual word. Right. But if you grew up in Appalachia, it's the only word. It's the only way you know how to say the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oles and souls. They mm-hmm. they don't know how to say the eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. When, Liz, when Lizette first moved here, she, she would make fun of me so much. Like, Hey, say, say all right now. Like, what's that thing you put in your car? Like, what's that thing you cook with? It's all, um, <laughs> I, I, I wash my hands. Wash. With, with the oil. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things they told me when I started working at the plumbing store I work at is mm-hmm. like, you're going to get some people in here coming in. I look for a zinc. I was like, <laughs> like, like a the, vitamin, yeah, a vitamin? <laughs> like, no, no, they mean a sink, but they're looking for a zinc. I'm like, who calls it a zinc? <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Oh yes. But yeah, I mean, so the, the language is probably one of the most defining features of Appalachian culture. I think so too. And especially like when we get in, into institutions, we think about the church yeah. in Appalachia. We think about the, the churches that exist in Appalachia and there's no way in this podcast that we can list and talk about the culture of every single religious institution in Appalachia because there's here, there's, there's every expression of religion that you can think of. You know, if you drive an hour from here, you go to Asheville, uh, you more than likely will meet a Buddhist just chilling on the street. Yeah, for real. Um, if you drive 20 minutes up the road from here, you'll run into a coven of witches. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I got uh, you. Uh, yeah, like, but it's true. I didn't read it all the way through. And then I saw a coven of witches. I was like, oh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> You know that's the thing. Like I just uh, yeah. said, coven of witches. You know exactly yeah, what like, I'm talking about. Well, because like that was the stereotype. Like that's what <laughs> I don't know. If, I'm not even say the place was like it was like oh, there's witches live up there. <laughs> like, no, they're just artists. <laughs> oh, oh, we goodness. love our we love our artists. We love our artists. Fine. Oh my gosh! It doesn't was, matter how ba- how bad they smell. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't. Can I leave this in? Is this something we should take out? I don't know. It depends on if we want to get cursed or not. <laughs> we have a curse going on. Oh lord! Uh, but despite all of this diversity, there really is an overwhelming majority presence, uh, and that's mainline Protestantism. <laughs> yeah, we're going to focus on some of the largest and the most influential and most reoccurring ones in Appalachia, because despite certain flares or differences in theology, doctrine, or eschatology, uh, a lot of people find out that the church's culture here is eerily similar. Mm. Um, So let's explore some of these differences and similarities. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. So uh, one of the ones that you'll see... If you can't tell that we're in a small town, you can definitely hear the train from earlier in the podcast, and then the car is driving straight by our street. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We're hey, that's hope. That's, that's hope, hope for our town. <laughs> yeah, we got a train in behind us. You got we got truck yeah. like trucks in the front of us. Right, you know the squatted North Carolina trucks. 
They tried to make them illegal, but not no, here. No, you can't. You can't make we legal. What's what's we're born and bred in? <laughs> not right here, partner. Uh, so one of the so one of the largest denominations, I guess, is what we yeah. will say. Um, is of course the Southern Baptists. Go go go! Oh. SB SBC all the way. Bless God. Uh, I was Baptist born. I was Baptist bred. And when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. <laughs> uh, That's terrible. But no, I did actually have a pastor one time that told me that if he wasn't a Baptist, uh, he asked me like, "Do you know what I would be?" I was like, "What?" He said, "I'd be ashamed." <laughs> I was like, thanks. Thanks, buddy. I didn't see that. Oh, one. my God. Southern Baptists are uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, Protestant de- uh, denomination in the entire United States. Uh, they hold conservative theological views. Uh, they emphasize the authority of the Bible. They adhere to a belief in salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone. They place a really strong emphasis on evangelism and missions. Oh, boy. yeah, Really do. strong. They one. really do? Oh, yeah. Uh, every every year. Uh, what are the two? What are the two? Lottie Moon and Christmas. Yep. And uh, I want to say, oh, is it Annie something? Say, I know what you're talking about. I can't you remember what it's called. It's, it's the Easter one. It's the Easter. Like we, we they hold two big yeah. giving times um, for famous Baptist yeah. missionaries, which, Lottie, Lottie Moon and. Which, listen, if you don't know the story, like Lottie Moon, I didn't know her story. I was like, who, who is this person? Where, but when I finally learned her story, which I think I had to go to Baptist Bible College to learn her story. Mm-hmm. I was amazed and also a little ashamed of some of our. In, the, in that day and time, the, the Baptist men who would not yeah. send men over. Anyway, uh-huh. go check out her story. We don't have time for that this episode. No, feminist icon. Like Christian yeah. feminist icon. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Praise God for her. She's she's gone now. Yeah. Right? That was yeah. like she died. a long time ago. Died a lot. Uh, she's in glory. Is it Annie Armstrong? I think so. Okay. That sounds right. Because I've I, I wanted to say Annie Oakley this entire podcast. And I know that's not right. She's not this gun to sharp shooter for the gospel and beyond. <laughs> I think it's Annie Armstrong. Like those are the, like those are the two big ones, but of course you know we have uh, there's 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 other uh, missionaries and 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 organizations that they support. Um, they have the North American Mission Board, um, the International Messenger, uh, Messengers, like all of these um, are, are are find their roots in the Southern Baptists. Yep. So they they seek to spread the gospel globally. Mm. They practice believers' baptism by immersion, as the way it should be. <laughs> For those of you who may not be aware, immersion literally means exactly what the definition is. We hold you under yeah. the water uh, as when you come forth yeah. to be baptized. We as want a you to feel as close to Jesus as possible <laughs> before you come out of that water. Somebody told me one time that uh, the difference between between uh, Methodists and Baptists, other than the the baptism, is that Baptists will hold you under until you say tithe. <laughs> Uh, oh, but no, okay, no, for real. They practice believers' baptism by yeah. immersion. They have a congregational structure, mm-hmm. which is something we'll talk about in the later podcast, mm-hmm. um, where decisions are made by the local church members. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we call that congregationalism. And oftentimes, they are congregationalists to a fault. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of different churches around here that they practice congregationalism almost uh, to the point to where every single decision that the church decides to do whether that is money or land, property, down to minute things like what kind of translation of the Bible do we use for our publications? What color do we want the sanctuary to be? What do we want the sign to say on the outside? Mm -hmm. Um, And then individual officers in church. So everything is controlled by what the majority votes to do in special meetings throughout the year called business meetings or church meetings, family meetings, whatever. And like we said, we'll be talking about that in a later episode coming up here in a couple weeks. Yes. We won't get too heavily into, into that. Yeah. 
Um, the second one that we see, sec- oh, one of the largest ones uh, that have influence and presence here in Appalachia is the Free Will Baptists. Now, fun fact um, about my life. When I was younger, I really, the only two things I knew about like denominations were there are Baptists that are Southern Baptists and then there's Free Will Baptists. Yeah. I didn't know Pentecostals. I didn't know Seventh-day Adventist. I only knew there was Baptist churches in my town and there was Free Will Baptist churches in my town. And I felt like... I was outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was a Southern Baptist. Uh-huh. Which I mean, like, it, that's, that's a, that's a good feeling or it's a good feeling to talk about. It's funny that you say that. It's because, um, why does it feel like there are so many free will Baptist churches all around us? Cause they can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't set you up for a joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Cuckoo covers are stick-on covers for your debit cards, credit cards, metro cards, and more. Just pick from one of their hilarious designs or create your own with one of your own pictures. Receive them in the mail, stick them on your cards. Every time I get a new card, I use Cuckoo covers to turn one of my wife's paintings into a new card cover. Say goodbye to having boring bank cards forever. Visit their website, cuckoocovers.com, and use the code RANDY34513. For 10% off your entire order. That's C-U-C-U-Covers.com. Oh, love you, Free Will Baptists. We people. love you. We love you so much. Yeah. Free Will Baptists, as you, as your name suggests, yeah. is, a do- is a denomination that started right here in Appalachia, believe it or not, just over our border in Tennessee. So like right over the border of North Carolina into Tennessee is where the Free Will Baptists yeah. actually got their start. Um, Baptists got their start, of course, from the Protestant Reformation mm-hmm. going into the Anabaptists and further on. Uh, Free Will Baptists got their start here. Um, in fact, to this day, if you drive down the road, you are likely to see a Southern Baptist church and then shortly after on the same road, a Free Will Baptist church. Or two or three. Or two or three. Sometimes like right across the yeah. street from another, so, like they face each other. I won't I won't say names, but there is a church I know that is a Southern Baptist. And then like right below it is another Baptist church like right there. I mean, it is, it's insane how many churches are in our, t- our tiny town, yeah. our small area. Like yeah. I, you can count, I've counted almost 20 before between the distance from where I used to live with my parents and where we used to go to church, like a town over. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's so crazy how many churches buildings are in this area. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So the free wills emphasize a concept of free will as their name implies Mm -hmm. in accepting or rejecting God's grace. Mm -hmm. So they don't believe that uh, their salvation is dependent on God. They believe that God's grace was accomplished once and for all. And so it's kind of this, they're this floating question that all of them must answer and in their free will, they're able to accept or reject uh, God's grace. That Jesus stands at the door and knocks, but yes. it's your choice to open or not. Exactly. Uh, they believe that individuals can choose or reject salvation. Unlike some other theological pr- uh, perspectives, the church culture focuses on personal faith and they emphasize the importance of an individual's personal relationship with God. So free wills, uh, typically practice believers baptism, like just like Southern Baptists, yep. they do immersion and they have a congregational con- uh, or a connectional polity, uh, AKA they, they have a yearly vote. They have a yearly vote on some of the major issues in the church, uh, even so far as the acceptance or the dismissal of their pastors. Yeah. And, and this may be a little off topic, but going back to like the biggest difference between Southern Baptists and free will is for, from what I understand, you can correct me, Randy is free will, not only believe like you can accept or reject grace, but you can also fall out of grace. Is that correct? Yes. Usually um, mm-hmm. that like you can lose your salvation. Whereas Southern Baptists typically 
are always um, well, as I used to say, like once saved, always saved. Right. To to drop some to drop some theological terms and some dates uh, for for our listeners. If you are if you're particular if you're particularly zeroed in on this, you can correct our our dates that we mentioned. Yes, I, I, I'm not going to say anything like hardcore, but uh, in the early 1700s, going into the 1800s, all of the congregation or not all like 96% of all the Baptist congregations in North Carolina were Calvinistic, mm-hmm. meaning that they, they had a understanding, they had a grasp and an acceptance of the five points of Calvinism yeah. we call the tulip, which comes from the five canons of Dort, which was the Protestant Reformation's uh, declaration against the salvation pathway or the salvation understanding of the Catholic Church. Yeah. So um, those, five, those five canons, those five uh, confessions are that man is totally deprived mm-hmm. Um, that our salvation or our election is completely unconditional. Mm -hmm. It's not based on anything that we could have done just by God's acceptance, that uh, the atonement is limited to those people that God has accepted in him before the foundation of time, that uh, whenever grace comes upon the unbeliever because he's elect, uh, then we are changed in that moment. Um, some theologians would say, um, they would say regeneration precedes, precedes faith, and mm-hmm. that's the irresistible part of it because mm-hmm. you're dead in your sins. Um, and so how can a dead man choose to become alive again only right. by the work of God? Yep. And then because your salvation was controlled uh, and bought for you by someone other than you, then it's preserved by someone other than you. That's mm-hmm. the preservation of the saints. Yep. Um, meaning to say that once you are saved, you are always going to be saved. Yep. Um, that's a sim- that's a simplified way to put it. If basically, if you if you are in Christ, then the Holy Spirit is going to continue to reside in you yeah. and help you to pursue and continue on in your faith, no matter what circumstances come your way until he meets you at the end of your life. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's all stuff like you might be like, your mind is swirling right now with all these terms. Right. It's not stuff you really need to know to understand about a Baptist versus a free or Southern Baptist versus True. free will. But it is very important parts that you said, like we Baptist started out very Calvinistic. Yes. And a lot of like free will got their start in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So they were here and then begin to move away from that. No, yes. we're not saying we have our own personal beliefs on it, but we're not saying, Oh, they're completely wrong because they moved away from it. But that is how it began. Is exactly. that what you're saying, Randy? Yes, exactly. So at some point, at some point there was a split um, and kind of, and I don't want to say a decay, but kind of a gradual moving away yeah. from a, a hard acceptance of all of these truths, yeah. um, even in the Southern Baptist convention and, and churches. But eventually a group of believers rejected a majority of these completely. Mm. Uh, and that's what started the free will Baptist right. denomination, right. essentially. Okay, cool. So there you go. You got a little bit about the ba- Southern Baptist and free will Baptist. Little ba- yeah, a little Baptist history. What else we got here? Uh, we have Pentecostalism. Oh boy. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, so Pentecostalism is a charismatic movement within Christianity that emphasizes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit as in preaching um, or or serving like like service Mm -hmm. and and helping others but also kind of like the miraculous gifts um healing speaking in tongues uh prophetic visions so on and so forth yep yep so they emphasize the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the experiences of the quote unquote baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the moment where during uh, really could be at any point in time in life uh, where you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit come on you. That's yeah. the baptism in their eyes, the uh, baptiz- baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, you are able to do some pretty awesome and amazing things. Yeah. Speak in a language that you didn't know or speak in an unknown language. Yeah. Understand like the 
pains or hurts that's coming from someone's body, being able to touch them and pray for them and heal them. It's all kinds of stuff. So their church culture, Pentecostalism, uh, yeah, their church culture places great importance on these spiritual experiences Mm. uh, as kind of like a validation of their faith, such as speaking in tongues, healing, prophetic utterances, so on and so forth. Pentecostals believe in the continuation of these miraculous gifts and in their church culture and the things that they do and the way that they set up their church services, they they seek to cultivate a vibrant and emotionally expressive worship style, which is what they believe will have an environment that will bring these gifts on or open people up yeah. to be able to experience these gifts or open them up to the Holy Spirit to go through and experience these gifts. Uh, they practice believers' baptism as well, uh, just like the others, uh, and they have a diverse organizational structure, uh, ranging from denominational to independent networks. So very similar to to the way that Southern Baptist churches work, yeah. like they have they have networks, uh, they have uh, conglomerates that they're able to be a part of, mm-hmm. but then they also are able to kind of split off and do their own thing. They're not necessarily they don't answer to a um, a church body unless yeah. they want to. Right, and that's one thing I've noticed about Pentecostals too is they're they're pretty loose as far as it goes to their church body, it, it's kind of separate from other ones as well, right? Like, I mean, they may be a part of a bigger network, right? but they're not answering to that network for what they actually believe. Is that correct? Or is that, or do they have more of a structured network like the Methodists or something along those lines? In my experience, it is a little bit more open, a little okay, bit more yeah. free. Yeah. Um, Methodists get their name from the methods that they all, that they all do. Oh. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Well, would you look at that? <laughs> Learn something new every day. Exactly. So Presbyterians, uh, they get their name from the fact that they have uh, presbytery bodies yeah. that govern these different churches and Pentecostal Pentecostals, they experience the miracle of Pentecost every single yeah. Sunday. And so there's a little bit more uh, room to maneuver in their different church yeah. polities and practices. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, uh, we have a short fire, short, quick. What's the word? What's the phrase that I'm looking quick fire? for? Thank you. Quick fire, like going through them. Um, let's talk about the holiness uh, assemblies of God, full gospel assembly, preaching accompanied by signs. Uh, these holiness denominations are kind of offshoots of Pentecostalism mm-hmm. and the charismatic movement. Uh, but instead of going for a little bit more liberalism, they actually turn a little bit more into traditionalism and okay. fundamentalism. Uh, so the holiness denominations focus on the doctrine of sanctification, and they emphasize the pursuit of a life dedicated to holiness and righteousness. To lack a phrase that gives them more respect, I'm going to say, think works-based salvation, mm. uh, works-based life. Uh, there, there is a, they, they believe that their lives are committed to the holiness standards or the same standards of holiness that they all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if you, are, if you do not meet these standards of holiness, then there's issues in your life. Um, so they believe in the possibility of a second work of grace. So they often, they, sometimes they call that the baptism of the, ho- baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. but not in the sense of Pentecostalism. Okay. So Pentecostalism, they would say the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that can happen to you multiple different times. Yeah. Um, so so you can get baptized like as a believer, but then you yes. get baptized again, you start speaking in tongues yes. and then maybe you get like, so it's like, is every baptism you get like a new gift or you could, or it could be a, a renewal of a gift or something of those lines or. Yeah. Like a renewal of the gift, I would say. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an experience. You know? mm-hmm. It's an experience that you, that you have, uh, further uh, to, to further on or further on in your Christian yeah. life. So there's a moment of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, and there's the, of course the baptism confirming that salvation. Yeah. And then there's the baptisms of the Holy spirit. Okay. Multiple times the Holy spirit comes on you for renewal, revival, yeah. and then expression of those miraculous yeah. gifts. I've, I've had Pentecostal friends in the past and like speaking in tongues and stuff. They've, you know, 
um, have these experiences and they're like, maybe they can't anymore or, or something along those lines. And so they keep praying like, Hey, Holy spirit, like, please give me this gift again. Right. Um, so that makes more sense to me now. Right. But now the holiness, den- holiness denominations, they would say that the baptism of the Holy spirit is a second work of grace. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's kind of like a, a second tier level of salvation without, for lack of a better term, like it's almost like an, a promotion pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So they, they believe that, uh, once you, once you hear the gospel, you can repent of your sins and you can be saved, you can be baptized, but until you change a majority, like a, a majority of things in your life yeah. to match their holiness standards, you haven't been able to reach this second work of grace or this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So again, very works-based, works-based yeah. salvation to where once you do these things, so yeah. you have the correct haircut, you wear the correct clothing uh, that is appropriate for your gender, um, you read the right kind of Bible translation, uh, you give a certain amount of money to these things. You pray a certain amount yeah. of times. Um, you are able to participate in however many work, like mission trips, yeah. whatever. Like at some point you will receive, you'll get to this point of a second work of yeah. grace where then you are fully sanctified yeah. in their minds. I'm not going to throw, I'm not trying to, th- to throw any um, disrespect on any of these denominations or anything, but it, honestly, I feel like we see that a lot in Appalachian church culture that believe about, we'll call it the second work of grace, Mm -hmm. but they just don't call it that. No. You know what I mean? Like internally that's, I mean, it's been in my heart too, like that legalistic clock or legalistic um, checkbox that you like check off every time they get some, you get something right, you get something right. Okay. I'm better now. I'm more holy now versus what you have like the comparison where there's this other person's checkbox and you start making marks on what they're doing wrong. Exactly. But thinking about that, it's like, man, that's, in, I feel like that's in a lot of Baptist denominations Yeah, and we just don't call it that. No, no, you're right. You're right. So in like in this holiness type culture, uh, their church culture is centered around living a life that is completely free of sin and dedicated to God. Uh, they have similar aspects, you know, they practice believer baptism. Uh, they have organizational structures or they can operate independently. But one of the ways that you can, you can, uh, differentiate between uh, between these denominations is the way that they they sign their names or they they have their church names. Uh, I, that's why I include uh, included like full gospel assembly mm-hmm. um, or preaching accompanied by signs. So they they lean a little bit more towards the Pentecostal uh, like Pentecostalism yeah. and and charismania uh, than they would I would say like a Baptist church would yeah. uh, because they would say that you don't have you don't have a, a true church service unless it's accompanied by these other things so we preach the gospel not just the, not just the gospel we preach the full gospel and that includes all of these holiness standards plus these miraculous signs yeah. so that's that's when they say like preaching accompanied by signs you won't see uh, churches with those names but you'll see them like have little taglines under their church signs or yeah. their things like yeah, preaching accompanied by too. signs yeah. that's what that is and then lastly the last one that we'll talk about um, is the IFB which is the Independent Fundamental Baptists. So oh, I was thinking of IMF. Sorry, that IMF. Mission Impo- <laughs> the Impossible Mission Force. Sorry, saw, saw Mission Impossible a couple weeks ago. Still fresh on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're switching gears. We like we started we started with the Baptists. Yep. And then we went a little bit more like into Charismania Pentecostalism. Yeah. And then we started getting a little bit more conservative Pentecostalism. Now we're doubling back. We're going to get major conservative fundamental in the Baptist structure. 
So the IFB movement is categorized by its strict adherence to fundamental beliefs and a strong emphasis on separatism. Okay. Um, so like being separate from what they perceive, what they perceive, I want to make that clear, asterisks, what they perceive as worldly influences. So almost like monks, like they're trying to, uh, in a sense, but in the sense yeah. of like you're separating yourself from everything that is of this world. Yes, okay. exactly. In their eyes. Exactly. And I like I like you said that in their eyes because there's there's a litany of things that they could deem worldly yeah. um, that we, we wouldn't even think, think twice about. Right. Um, but you know, but, uh, because of their own personal convictions, they say that's worldly. They want to be separate from that. Right. And then they would also hold that uh, standard of holiness to everyone else too, yeah. through whatever kind of, uh, whatever kind of reasoning that they have from the Bible, from their own personal experiences, they'll say these things are worldly. Therefore we need to be separate from them. Mm-hmm. So their church culture places a significant focus on conservative moral values, okay. tra- very traditional worship styles. Right. Um, you will only see a very small amount of instruments in an in a, in a IFB church. Piano, tambourine. Barely piano. Barely piano. Barely organ. piano. Um, some, like a lot of churches will, will have that piano because it's been a part of church culture for such a long time around yeah. here. Um, but there are some churches that you can go to that they only practice acapella singing. Oh, okay. Because uh, in the in the early 1800s, going into the 1900s, pianos were considered worldly instruments. So this may be way off topic. Is IFB similar, or is it the same as Primitive Baptist? Is that like are the same? Are they of the same kind? You know, I I don't feel confident enough to answer that. Okay, and like 100. percent Say for another podcast. Okay, I could say okay. I just because I know primitives like little like as little as possible right side of preaching prayer right and of like singing so I'm, I'm gonna say something and if uh if our listeners or we find ourselves to be incorrect in this like i'll i'll recant we'll it that's okay it and you have another um but i would say one of the main differences between a primitive baptist and an ifb uh-huh. is uh that primitive baptists don't or some primitive baptists may or may not uh have an affiliation with separatism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so, uh, like for example, I think of uh, I think of Mark Devers Church. Okay, Mark Devers Church, Capital Church, uh, Capital Baptist Church. I think so. I think so. So, um, he only practices acapella singing. Oh wow! Yes. So, if you go to that church, okay. like, you will only hear him like lead the congregation in acapella singing. They, he'll have like a little keyboard over to where he'll get the right key yeah. for whatever he's singing. But then they will go and still sing acapella. It's not because they have a theological issue with me, with music. Yeah. He just likes the way that they sing. <laughs> well, you go, Dever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. You know, there there may be people that hold to the um, RPW, which is the regulative principle of worship. Yeah, and the, like they may hold a little bit hold stricter to it than some churches, and they say, well, you know, the Bible doesn't mention any mu- like musical instruments, uh-huh. so we don't have those in there, so right. we just sing a cappella. Yeah, yeah. But they won't hold that. They won't hold their standards of holiness, what they see as cross the board to like everyone else. Every, okay. Everyone okay. else. Yeah. And we're going to actually talk about worship and different styles later episodes too. So you are getting like a quick fire of a couple of things in this episode that we're going to hone in on and start like really focusing on. So if, again, if your mind's swirling, if this is a lot of info, it's okay. Yes. You know, just listen to this episode four times and share it with your friends. Exactly. <laughs> listen to it a lot more and share it on Facebook. So that, yeah, so they have, they have very traditional worship styles. Uh, they have a very literal interpretation of the Bible, uh, which has gotten them in trouble yeah. uh, for like certain understandings of passages. And we're talking about IFB, right? We're talking, okay. yeah, still talking about IFB. Um, 
independent fundamental Baptists are very are typically autonomous churches. So they they do not they don't have any kind of governing body outside of themselves. So they're uh, completely autonomous. Completely autonomous. Okay. They are like it's them and that's it. Okay. Um, so or really it could be it's the pastor and that's it. Okay. Okay, um, okay. They do practice believers' baptism most of the time by immersion. Uh, they, and they have a lot of unique local practices and traditions too. Uh-huh. Um, think about uh, tent revivals and camp meetings, yeah. which is actually are going on right now. There's a lot of camp meetings that are going yeah. on in, in the IFB churches. Yeah, okay. Uh, now, uh, depending on when this podcast comes out, you may have already heard about the documentary that was put out by Amazon about the the Duggars, the shiny, happy people. Yeah. Though, so we we have our own opinions, or I have my own opinions mm-hmm. about that documentary and how how it was formed, how it was how it was written, and how it portrays Christianity. Mm-hmm. But that's a really good that's a really good example, or at least half of it is really is a really good example of the kinds of holiness standards and separatism gotcha. that uh, some of these churches that would call themselves IFB uh, oh. they would hold to. So, kind of in conclusion of what we've been talking about through here, yep. with all of these. Uh, Baptist, denomin- uh, Baptist denominations and splits off of uh, charismania, Pentecostalism, holiness, so on and so forth. They all share a very similar baptism heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a they have dis- they have distinct church cultures, and that's sh- that's been shaped by their theological views and worship practices and their organizational structures. But when we understand these differences. Mm-hmm we can still foster appreciation for the diversity within the broader Christian community. Yeah. And when we're talking about these things, like, again, I know we make jokes and I make jokes a lot of, about these different denominations, but right. it's because we grew up in them. We grew up with these all around us. Exactly. And we're not trying to say anything bad necessarily. We're just trying to get help you have an understanding yes. of the churches and denominations that are around you. Yes. And this is a very select few because we have some Methodist churches. We have some Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. We have some, I mean, not around us necessarily, but there is some um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Churches, in mm-hmm. quote, in, quote unquote, quote unquote, like around <laughs> us, you know, there, we want you to understand, look like not everybody's a Baptist and not only Baptists are going to be in heaven. Correct. Not everybody's a Pentecostal and not everybody believes in tongues that, um, not everybody's an IFB. And we're not saying that all IFBs are the same, right? That, that God can and has, and will use different people, different churches from each one of these denominations and the different cultural, uh, situations that they are in to impact and bring about and seek out the glory and the kingdom of God. Exactly. Exactly. So that was, I mean, that's a whole lot. That's a lot. It is, it is a lot. And so if you feel like you've been drinking from a fire hose, yeah. like you're not alone, there's so many different um, expressions and practices of faith. Yeah. And uh, I hope that you, you leave this episode seeing, seeing both of the things, uh, both of, uh, or seeing these denominations the way that we do. Yeah. We see vast differences in the way that they set up their culture. We also see a lot of similarities yeah. in the way that they love their savior, the way that they worship Jesus, the way that they reach out into their community. Yeah. Like these are all things that we can, we can benefit from as pastors and as church leaders, um, that we can, we can appreciate the differences, but we can all, we can also appreciate the similarities yeah. and the things that we share as fellow believers working towards the same goal and the same Kingdom. And we're going to be talking more uh, next week on part two of this episode of church culture about the similarities that we see in these denominations. Some of the things that, well, we talked a lot about the differences here because they are different denominations. There's a lot of things that are really similar too, as you said in early, earlier in this podcast, eerily similar. Yes. 
So are you are you impressed by the the amount of diversity that you that we have here in Appalachia? We would love to hear your thoughts. Yes, please. Visit our website at thechurchaddict.com where you can sign up for updates, get swag, or email us your rants and raves. Join the conversation on social media at the church attic and let us know what you'd like to hear come out of the church attic next. Today's topic was researched by myself, written and hosted by Randy Ramsey and Colton Burst. New episodes are released weekly. And until next time, remember, a five pound of flour will make a pretty big biscuit. Have a blessed day. Y'all take care.